Right, we're back. Apologies, people. Internet connection was poor. Don't know what was happening. Right, we're back, we're back, we're back, we're back, we're back, we're back, we're back. So, sorry, apologies. Internet connection was very poor there. Just going to do a quick intro. If everyone can hear me, let me know how the sound is. But yes, this is Tempo Flow. We are back for another week. Due to not being able to do no live events, we are having music industry talks. And today, we've got Tasha Demi, who's amazing. She's going to be talking about her journey and her time in the industry. So let's not waste any more time. Let's get her on. Let's get this going. I hope everyone's feeling good today. Oh, that's nice. Out. Hi. Do you know what? Apologies. We're like four minutes behind. I had to sort out my internet connection. It was no, crazy. I Imagine I, I clicked on it and then it disappeared. I was like, oh my God, it's over already. Okay, cool. And I couldn't find it's it. It's over. It's good. I know, I know, I know. Do you know what? It's like I live in the I live in Croydon. I had to make sure the connection was uh, solid, not good, not messing up, not messing around. But it's great to have you on, man. It's exciting. You know, we did one last week, which was our first one with Rich Costello, and um, you're our second guest. Yeah, big up Rich, big up Rich as always. And um, it's amazing to get you onto this onto this platform and. You know, me and you have been friends for a minute. You know, I respect what you do. Hopefully you respect what I do, but it's okay. Of course, I wouldn't be otherwise. Thank you for having me. <laughs> no, it's a pleasure. So I guess we should jump straight in. I see 20 people on the live already. Um, yeah, let's go, man. Let's let's talk about your journey and how you got started in, in music, I guess, or in the industry. Right, right, right from the very beginning. Yeah, let's right. go all the way back. Okay, so I've been in music for about, it's over 10 years or just over 10 years. Um, I kind of got into the industry, not on purpose, really. I didn't really know that there was actual jobs you can get in music. I thought you had to be a singer or a rapper or, I don't know, just something, <laughs> not, nothing like what I do, basically. I didn't know my job existed. Um, yeah. So I was at university. I was studying media and cultural studies at the University of the Arts London. Um, while I was there, I was in like the journalism section of my course and I just started blogging just for fun because I like music. Um, and this was Wait, way so you before blogging. A blog? Yeah. Do you know what? On what, you know what, on what site? What, what, what was you using to blog? On WordPress. So wow. basically, I used to post <laughs> loads of like UK music videos on my Facebook feed. So this is how long ago it yeah. was. And everyone started cussing me because I'd be putting up loads of videos and it was blocking up everyone's feed. And yeah. then I was like, all right, fine. So I found WordPress and just started putting the videos on there. Just felt like an outlet for myself and started writing about it. It happened to be around the time that Twitter kind of first started kicking off um, over here, really. Um, so it kind of worked hand in hand. So the more I posted on my blog, the more my Twitter started growing the more unsigned artists would get in touch or I'd get in touch with PRs and just started writing about people um, and then ended up just getting different work experience. Basically, I was at uni, I was working in retail um, as a part-time job and I just started getting loads of work experience in music, completely unpaid, just whatever I could get, basically. 
Um, yeah. I think one of the first things I did was working for Live Magazine. Um, okay. That was a youth magazine. So many people have come from there. And I know Sian Anderson used to work there. Um, I know Jackie from Atlantic used to work Wait, there. Wait, what, what, what was it called? Live Magazine. Live Magazine. Were they based in Brixton? Yeah, yeah. I think so I, I, I remember <laughs> I think when I was there, they started in like Whitechapel and then we moved to Brixton. Um, okay. And I was there for a few years and it was wicked. They were so good. And I started, I did loads of writing for them. Um, so, and I was their music editor for a little while. Um, and it was actually at a shoot that we did. No, actually, before that, I was doing some work, work experience for MTV, MTV Wrap Up. And someone from Lab Magazine okay. was there handing out the magazines. So I took one and I was like, proper geeky and I was just like super like I want a job and somebody like give me some work to do so I'd get in touch with everyone contact the magazine like I love music and I love this and I do this and I do this like please can I come and please can I write for you um yeah. long story short started working for them became the music editor eventually um while I was working retail so I was doing that for a little while worked for mobile awards did their presenting um for the online stuff did some radio bits for west side like so did loads of like just fun stuff basically like while I was growing up while I was at uni um so just then, anything you could get your hands on like any yeah. anything you could do it was and just this exciting. is unpaid I'm assuming completely unpaid nothing I didn't get no money from it and it was just exciting like discovering what the music industry was I think yeah. I don't know about you but when I was in school and stuff I never knew that there was a, a, a fully fledged industry with so many jobs and so many opportunities and so yeah, many yeah, yeah. Like and this was just amazing. I was like, okay, cool. So I think the first shoot I did was with Getz and then D.W. and I was like, these are, these are like legends and they're like just here yeah. in them. Um, so then the first, I guess, full-time job I got in music, it was an internship um, at Box TV. Um, and so it was- well, No way, you was an intern at Box Uni? Yeah, Box TV. You know, like, oh, TV right, I get you. So, like, it's like Channel okay, 4, for Music, Kiss, Smash It, all of that. Um, yeah, I get you. And I did a year's internship there. So that was when I could, like, officially quit my retail job, which was amazing. Um, and yeah. I did 12 months internship there, which was wicked. And in my time there, I kind of, I helped write TV shows. I helped book um, celebrities for programs. I helped write some of the programs um, and, like, script them. Um and I worked on the music programming team as well. So I helped pick the videos that would play on the TV channels across the board. So you had everything from like the pop stuff to the Kerrang world to like proper rock, metal music. Um, so that was fun. And then from there, I went over to MTV. And okay. that worked on the European Music Awards. Um, so it's like Europe's sister to the VMAs. Um, and I was the European Music Awards assistant. Um, that job is like a contract job so it's like a three month role specifically for the award show and yeah. my role there was to look after all the artists um, make sure they get to stage on time make sure they get to dress rehearsal make sure they do their press basically like helping ferry them around and I had a team of people that I had to get to do that and look after everyone basically um, yeah. long story short kind of went between Channel 4 and um, MTV for a little while um, but and then Hold on, but what, like, what year is this? Like, you got to break it down. Like, what, are you still in college? Are you just... No, I fin so when I was at uni, I graduated mm. uni and was um, still working in retail. Left okay. uni, graduated uni, started working in retail full-time and did loads of stuff on the side for free. 
and then okay. I was probably out of uni for maybe six months or so, maybe a year max, and then I got my job at Box. Um, and I think I graduated okay. in 2010, 2011, maybe, I can't remember. It's weird. I don't what know did you study at uni? Media and Cultural Studies. Sick. Yeah, that's good. People know what you've done, what you got a degree in. It was all right. I've got a degree. I've never used it. I've never been asked about it, um, but I got it. <laughs> and I wrote about um, social media and grime music as well for my dissertation, so that was fun. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So then I think after that, and then um, I started working at Universal, actually. So I got a call from the Universal HR team. Um, they needed a temp to, do, um, to work in their, it's like, it's a central label that was back then called UMTV. It's now called UMOD. Um, and it's their central label that looks after the playlists for the company um, and the compilations. Um, so yeah. I started working temps when I was there and then worked my way up through the ranks. So I was a temp, then I was an intern and an assistant and junior product manager, etc. Um, worked on some wicked projects over there, learned a lot about the kind of the whole streaming landscape quite early on, which is really interesting. Met some really, really like wicked people that I'm still really close with now. Um, and then from yeah. there, that's when I was offered the job at Polydor. So then I moved up to Polydor. Wait, so you got to go back. So how, wait, so go back. So how long was you in that role, that first role at Universal, where you're just in years? this team? Couple of a couple months? Of, yeah, no, a couple of years. Couple of years, right, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Okay, yeah. and was, so was moving to a label like something you wanted to do? Was it a desire or did it just kind of happen naturally? They saw what you were doing? No, I would have loved to, but I never knew that I could work on like urban music in a major label. Mm. So I'd always like continue my, my side hustle. I've always got projects going on on the outside. So I'd work at UMOD and Universal and do my bits on the outside. And I'd be putting together projects and working with artists and managers and because I didn't think I could ever get like a real job. I didn't think my full-time job could be working on the music that I love. Um, and Is that because of the time? Do you, do you feel like yeah. at that time, like black, like urban music, black music, it wasn't, it wasn't in the charts at the time. It wasn't really successful, was it? No, it wasn't. I mean, now it's pop music. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. It was not, it was still very much a niche. Um, so they yeah. didn't need specialists. They didn't need people to look after it full time. They didn't really need anyone to really understand the job and the genre because they'd have a track here and there. It would do what it did. And that was it. Next, they'd carry on with their, I don't know, pop music and the bands and everything else that was making loads of money. And then obviously yeah. fast forward now to 2020 and urban music is everything. Urban music is the culture. It's, it's the whole world. It's pop music now. True, true, true. So, so let's go back then. So you're, you get that call for Polydor. Mm -hmm. I guess are you excited that call oh comes God. in? Let's let's go from there. I was so excited. I remember I got a message, um, like, hey, come and let's have a chat. And we're talking about the role. And I was like, oh my God, this is a real life job. I can work in a major <laughs> label. I can work at a label like Polydor, which is one of the best labels ever that there is in the UK. Um, and I can focus on urban music. I was like, this is yeah. too good to do. This is amazing. I was so excited. Um, and so obviously, and obviously I was lucky enough to get it um so and I was there for a couple of years had the best time when I was over there the team there were wicked Tom March is an amazing president um worked with wicked people there I worked with Rich there 
he was amazing to work with. I worked with Z on there, he was amazing. Um, worked on some Wicker projects. I did the Rams Barking campaign, um, which got to number two in the chart. How, how was that? How did you find amazing. that? It was so much fun. And Rams and his management team were so much fun to work with. Um, we yeah. managed to get the chart to number two in the charts and we were beat by Drake to number one. And obviously you're not going to beat Drake to number one, do you know what I mean? But we were like there and we were going and going and going and going and then Drake dropped his track and I was like, no, please just give me one more week. Um, yeah. It was amazing, it was so much fun. Um, I worked with Rich. Rich was, and still is one of my favorite artists to this day. Um, I did oh, Rich, what, what album did you do? Free Two, the one with the red balloon. Yeah, I love that album. Yeah, it's wicked. Um, I did the Steph London campaign, so we launched her for the UK. So we started with her and me in French Montana and, and yeah. everything else. Um, so that was fun. Worked on loads of really good stuff. I think when I was there, it was still quite early for like urban music in majors as well. Um, and so it was just fun. Mm. There was a lot of trust. It was just like, go do your thing. Worked with Paddy over there, who does all the streaming, who's amazing. Um, so yeah, it was wicked. I had a really good time at Polydor. Yeah, and so you so you touched on Rams, you've touched on Steph. I guess what was it? What is it like? Because you got to break down the experience of what it's like to market those acts. Because a lot of people see the poster, they see the artwork, they see the video, but they don't necessarily know how that came about, you know, or what what it what it entails. You know what I mean? Because I remember seeing the Rams sonnet. I remember seeing the. Um, the artwork or was it the visual of the tube map and whatever yeah. and I thought oh that was really cool like that was that was interesting to me so what's your how are you I guess the question I'm asking is like how what's motivating you to come up with these ideas when you're hearing these songs or these acts or what route to marketing them are you taking you know just to touch on that a bit I think every campaign is completely different every artist is completely different and they need a different level of commitment from you um, I like to describe my job as so like the marketing side is basically once the music is delivered and once you've got the music, everything around <laughs> that is like marketing. Do you know what I mean? So from yeah. the timelines, what we're releasing, when we're releasing it, how we're releasing it, what it looks like, what it feels like, what it sounds like, the artwork, the visuals, the social media strategy, like every kind of little bit around it. Um, yeah. And I mean, some artists are like to be really loud and like to do loads of activities. Some artists like to just drop a track and let it kind of sit with the world. Mm. Um, I really like making big campaigns. I really like putting together a kind of a cohesive brand and aesthetic around the campaign that can you can transfer from online and your physical and you have something to touch and you can have experiences in the real world and you can have experiences on Instagram and I like to make it like this whole big bubble. So you might discover it over here, but it will lead you back to the single. Um, so like, I like that you can remember the Rams, the creator we've done for it. Do you know what I mean? I like that when people yeah, remember yeah, yeah. The that I've done in the past, of things that yeah. stand out or where they remember hearing them of them. Um, it's a really fun pr process. Like when you work with yeah. really, really thick, talented artists and they make an amazing music, you just want to get out to the world and you want to push it out as much as you can. Um, yeah. And I've been lucky to work with amazing teams around me, and it's it's exciting when you sit in a room full of like there's four or five of you in a room, and you're just brainstorming and bouncing off like ideas off each other, and then it goes yeah. from like a little idea, and then suddenly you've got this massive campaign that gets pushed out to the world. It's like there's no feeling like it. I love it. 
yeah, like the Retro 32 balloon. I remember that as you say it now. And it's like, I remember just thinking, oh, this, mm. this red balloon, like, what is this? What, what does this mean? This? But yeah. yeah, but then as the album came out, and then you guess like, oh, okay, the, I'm hearing the music, it, it's relating to the marketing idea and mm. everything like that. And was you working with international acts as well at Polydor? Yeah, um, who was I working with there? I did Playboy Carti, um, Michael Made It, Nino. Um, God, who was I working with there? My mind's gone blank, Ray Shremad. Um, oh, quite, quite a few people. I think when I started Polydor, um, do you remember the, the Black Beatles song, The Mannequin Challenge? Yeah, 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 the Mannequin Challenge. That was, like, that was when it was like just going off. That was when it was kind of becoming a viral hit um, around the world. Okay. That was kind of when I started. And then I think from then, really, like urban music now has a strong pro like presence in the charts every day. It's just normal. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so that's the time. So how long was you at Polydor for? I was there for two years, I think. But we did a lot in right. that time. So it feels like I was there for a lot longer, but no, two years. And then I guess the the next story comes. You get a you get a phone call about another job. Then I got a phone call about another job. Um, <laughs> then I moved over to Sony um, and started working at Since Night Three and RCA. Um, yeah. So the job. Wait, so was... hold on. So what? Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. So what is that like again? Like you get a phone, like you get a call, you get an email. Someone's like, yo, see what you're doing at Polydor, like, let's break it down. What's, how does that come it's about? Flattering. It's flattering, do you know what I mean? I feel like we've all been in this industry for a long time. Like, I know, well, we've known each other yeah. for, I don't even know when I met you, like, years and years ago. And yeah. this is, like, my whole life. I love it. This is all I ever want to do. I don't know, I wouldn't even know what else to do if I couldn't do music stuff tomorrow. Yeah. So, and I feel like I've put so much into it and I've studied my craft and I feel like I'm always trying to continue to teach myself and continuing to expand my network and just trying to get better and better. And I feel like I've tried so hard and I've always wanted to get opportunities and I've always tried to put myself forward and, and get an experience everywhere. So I feel like then when yeah. people then start asking or start wanting to work with you rather than you being like, please work with me, it's nice. It's flattering. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Nice yeah. of course. Um, yeah, so it was nice. I mean, it was nice to kind of um, have been headhunted to go over to Sony. Um, it was a hard decision, I'm not going to lie. It was the hardest decision I probably had to make. Um, but it was just a great opportunity. The opportunity yeah. was to launch Since Night Free, so a new imprint label underneath RCA. Um, and at the time, although I was enjoying my time at Polydor, the thought of like being a key person launching a brand new label amongst like in again another major label system it just was like super exciting and I was like I can't turn that mm. down it's not every day a label is started it's not every day that you get people like Rick England starting a label these two are two guys that I had never worked with but I've known about them for years do you know what I mean like you know about Ricky what he's done over the years and so the fact that they also wanted to get me in to work with them on Since 93, again, it was flattering, it was exciting. And at that point in my career, it just felt like a really good move and something I wanted to explore. It felt like, also I think at that time, like I was young, I'm not saying I'm old now, but I was young and I was like, I can take, I can take that kind of step. And if it doesn't work out, then it's fine. I can 
do something else so I can come back to um, Polydor or Universal or wherever. Do you know what I mean? It just felt like too good of an opportunity to turn down. And it was great. And I don't regret going. I had an amazing time over there. Um, and it's really interesting to see how different labels work as well and to work with different teams. Um, so when I was over there, I worked on, I guess the most prominent campaign would have been the H campaign, um, which yeah. was super fun to work on. Um, I worked on Future, I did Travis Scott, um, I did The Moon, I did Lowski. Um, so yeah, it was really fun over there as well. Lots nice, stuff. nice, nice, nice. And how did you find, again, working with those talented artists? What's driving those campaigns? I remember seeing the H2O, like the artwork with the water and everything. Mm. And I was thinking, like, oh, that's caught my eye. Do you know what I mean? Because I'm, I'm not... I'm not a natural marketing person, so my brain isn't always thinking marketing. But when I see things and I'm like, oh, that's caught my eye. That's got my attention. Like, uh, that was a sick idea. How did you come up with that? You know, that did... was such a fun campaign to work on. And I thought, for me, I feel like everything these days is, is so disposable. And I feel like because of the rate of releases, there's, I mean, there's releases every day. There's multiple releases all the time. You can release a song today and tomorrow your, your fans are asking you when your next track is out. Everyone digests things really quickly and they just want the next thing, the next thing, the next thing. And something I really want to try and, and I'm still trying to bring back into, into music and campaigns is actually working a campaign, knowing that the campaign isn't all about just the week one and just the release day. It's about the whole six to eight weeks for that one single. And then what's next? And then how can you make this whole project link together? How can you make the four focusing on the EP or the album or the mixtape link together aesthetically somehow to make it known to the public that it's part of the same project? Do you know what I mean? I don't want things to kind of run out overnight. Like we put a lot of work into this. We put a lot of time, a lot of money, a lot of effort into it. So when it's kind of just thrown away, it feels like a waste. So it's really yeah. exciting when we get to work with artists that want to do the same thing and they want to create something that stands out. Um, so when we were discussing the artwork for H2O, I mean, I think we were all really pleased when H allowed us to just throw water in his face for the, for the EP. Not many <laughs> artists would sit there in their shorts and get an absolutely drenched in the studio while your team are literally throwing bottles of water at you and you're like trying to keep your eyes open and you're sat there for ages and you're like, go again, go again, go again. But like That's when nice. you have artists that are up for stuff, it just makes everything more fun. Um, and it was really easy. It was a really easy campaign to work because you worked with a great team. And I feel like the, the creative lent itself to a lot of wicked ideas. It's stuff that we could um, kind of put into everything from artwork to the launch party we had to videos we did with Vivo, some merchandise, like his visuals for his tour and everything look amazing. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm happy with that one. And also what you just said is something that to the artists that are tuned in watching to take on board, especially independent artists, of having that connection between pieces of content and between, like, almost like a constant thread, isn't it, between mm -hmm. the pieces of music. So everyone is actually seeing that this is a part of the same project or this is the same thing. Because I often do sometimes see projects or campaigns and you're like, oh, that's a bit isolated there or that's a bit random, that thing they've done there and then they've moved on to the next. So it's nice to hey, you talk about a thread and to any of the artists or up-and-coming artists or anything like that tuned in, that's something to also bear in mind, I guess, is that creating that thread is um, really important, isn't it? So, 
that's exciting so then you're doing well at 693 h is going well the acts are going well and then what happens you decide to and then i decided (laughs) i did i decided i needed a change um i so i left sony in january um to be freelance so I'm now a freelance okay. marketing and creative consultant um, and I'm loving it. And do you know what it is? I've been working at majors for what, the last five, six years, maybe, maybe longer. Um, and I've had the most amazing time. I've worked with some of the most talented people in this industry. I've worked on amazing campaigns, but I feel like I'm someone that just, I, I need a challenge. And I feel like because we're in such a progressive place in the industry at the moment, I feel like you don't always need that traditional, I guess, like setup and way to release your music. And you don't need to do, it's not like one size fits all anymore. I feel like everybody should, I feel every single artist should be working with a bespoke team. Um, and I feel like people are really good at that when it comes to promo. So everyone will have their own radio plugger or press person or TV plugger if you're at that level. But I feel like when it comes to marketing and digital marketing, it's kind of just, divvied out at labels and and it's just like okay cool you take this and then you've got a roster of i don't know 20 people um but i feel like that you need to personalize that part of it as well um yeah and i feel like now i'm freelance i can work with artists of all levels which i'm really enjoying so i can work with completely unsigned unknown artists with tiny budgets and you can also work with massive international superstars and everything in between and you can work with brands and link people up and I just feel like there's a lot more I can do in my role now. Now I'm freelance, um, and I can work with more people at once, which is really exciting. Yeah, and let's talk about that. You know, what is the name of your new company? Who have you got on the roster at the moment? Let's let's fill everyone in. Fill everybody I mean, in. <laughs> I mean, it's just me at the moment. I mean, it's just my name at the moment. It's just Tata Demi. Um and so I've only started in. So I left end of January. Um, so at the moment I'm working with a few companies, I'm working with Major Toms, I'm working with Warner, I'm working with ADA, I'm working with, who am I working with? Mine's gone blank. Um, so I'm working with a girl called Morgan, I think, who is massively talented. She's signed to Rudimental's label. Um, she's been touring with them for the last couple of years and she is so sick. Um, I think she's got a massive, massive future ahead of her. Um, I'm working on, what else am I working on? I'm working on Nave Smalls working on um wiley i'm working on i'm actually looking at my list of my roster over here um I'm <laughs> get the list get the list get the there's list there's loads of bits and things i'm working on i'm working on jk i've got yeah there's loads of bits coming there's some bits i can't say at the moment i'm working with atlantic on a couple of bits at the moment no exclusives no exclusives <laughs> but hey there you go um, but yeah, and there's a few bits that I can't talk about at the moment, but there's some exciting bits coming up at the moment, coming up soon. And I know that's the most annoying thing for people, like, for people to say, but that's all I can say. And also, I'm managing, um, so I'm working with Shane, who manages Mostak, who's also a G and has his own label at Sony. Um, I'm working with Ah, him. Shane, he's in here. Yeah, is he in here? Shane, we're, we're going to get to your questions, Shane. It'd be nice if you put them in the box. <laughs> we're going to get to Shane's questions. <laughs> But yeah, we're managing K-Trap together, which is really fun. Um, so that's another new side. And I feel like management is always something I've wanted to go into. Um, I feel like management is something that you need to really be super, super committed. And you need to really, really believe in the artist. It's not something you can just do and 
just add to the CV and it's whatever. Um, and so I feel like I don't know if I could have managed someone while sitting at a desk, kind of in a major label setup. Um, so again, yes. now I'm freelance, it's really nice that I can put my time into that. Working with someone like Shane as well, and he's been doing this for years almost, like, and has had such a success there. It's really nice, and I feel like we work really well together so far, so that's really exciting. So yeah, I feel really good. I'm excited about this year, what to come. I know we're in a weird time at the moment, but I'm excited. Man, and that's, you know, that brings us to the present, which is like, it's an incredible journey you've been on and, and a story. And like, I know we've done panels before where we're telling our stories and journeys. And it's like, sometimes people don't know or understand that the journey is the best bit. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, everyone wants to be at the final destination. Everyone wants to be, yeah, I've done this and done that. But the journey, the times when you're trying to make it and you're like, is it going to happen? Is it not? I didn't know this could be my career. Now it is. Then it's your career. You want to get to the next level. That's important. So, yeah. Big up for going through that. Like, I didn't even know what I wanted to get to. Do you know what I mean? So I was yeah. working. I was working hard. I loved music. So I wanted to work in music. I can't sing. I'm not going to be a rapper, obviously. Like, there's... so that, And I was just unsure of what else there was to do. I was good at writing. I love writing. I like... And I'm passionate about that about journalism but apart from that I didn't know so I was I just learned the industry inside out I kind of got work experience at loads of different companies management companies radio magazine tv PR and just kind of learned not everything but like I guess the basics of kind of most industries and then you end up discovering more and more like I don't know like 10 years ago when I started I didn't know what a market manager was I didn't know what that role was or even that it existed um and then now we're here and it exists and actually, it's becoming a more flexible role, and you get to be super, super creative in it as well. And I like to say that I'm half really creative and half super organised and a bit of a geek. So I feel like marketing is a, is a good balance for that. And that's also an important lesson to anyone listening that wants to be in marketing or just an up and coming executive that you know you didn't know, but you attacked these internships and you took every one you know, no for no money and just kept doing your best. And that's also important. Do you know what I mean? I think that sometimes people underestimate that just saying yes to things, whether you're getting paid or not and learning from it, that's all adding to your experience. So big up for doing that as well, man. So, right, we've been to the present. So we've got some questions here. They're coming in, Tasha. I'm going to start with the ones that didn't put them in the box for some reason. Um, Rich Castello... Rich Castello goes, why did you leave Polydor? I feel like he's trolling, but... Rich is definitely trolling, but I love Rich, so it's fine. And we answered that anyway. We answered that. They said, how are you finding management life in comparison to marketing? It's fun. I like it. Do you know what? I'm really... I feel like I'm a really organised person, naturally, in, in life. I mean, like, my clothes and stuff are a mess, but I feel like, like I'm quite... I need things in my diary. I need to know where I'm going to be at what time. I'm not very spontaneous I'd say um so I feel like and because I've worked with a lot of managers over a, over a long period of time and I've worked in different areas in the industry I feel like I know kind of what is needed of from a manager do you know what I mean right outside of the business side of things and and I guess when you get to like legalities and accountancy and, and like those kind of minute details that like I'll learn along the way I think I understand what it takes to be a good manager um and I feel like at the core of it, I'm passionate and I love music and I love the artists that I'm working with. I think K-Chuck is amazing. He's got a new song out today. 
Private Snap is out now, so go check Please. it out. Um, <laughs> uh, but I think he's really tight and I think he's he's gonna have a really, really good few years. Um and and then some, obviously. So yeah, I mean it's nice and it's nice to have a different kind of stream of work as well. You know, it kind of just makes my brain more active and I yeah. can switch up from some marketing stuff over here and then I can focus on this, but it, they complement each other well. Ah, oh, wicked. So we've got Shane again. He's sending him in for you today. <laughs> how, how do you deal with the emotional roller coaster which comes with working in music? God, I'm a bit of an emotional person, I'm not going to lie. Um, do you know what it is? I think when I realised that actually, like, you're going to have an emotional roller coaster in whatever industry you work in. You could work <laughs> at a bank, in a supermarket, you could work at school, whatever industry you work in, you're going to have good days, you're going to have bad days. End of. That's it. So for me, I would rather have a bad day in music and and then laugh about it in the end. Because my bad days in music would be, oh, my song didn't go live on time or, oh, I didn't get good radio plays or, oh, mm. this song didn't do very... Like, they're really minute problems. Do you know what I mean? Like, in the grand scheme of things, it's not a big deal. Everyone has stresses. So I'd rather have stresses in industries that I love than have stresses all day long because I'm working a job that I don't care about. Listen, I totally agree. <laughs> I'm the same. I'm literally the same. You, you'll come home and you'll yeah. think it's that bad, and then you're like, actually, in the grand it's scheme so of funny. the world, yeah, yeah, it's not. It's not that deep. <laughs> it's not that deep. And it's good to have good people around you as well. Do you know what I mean? But that that's kind of that is a given anyway. That goes about saying to have good people around you that support you and, and get it and understand as well. And I think I've got a really good network of friends that understand that. Sometimes I am really busy and really bad at replying to my messages on my phone, or I might not be around in the ev every evening to go out. Or do you know what I mean? I've got all my friends get it. They they're either in music and are the same, and so they they completely understand. Or they're not in music, but they know me, so they're just like it's just they just laugh off. They're like it's fine. Tash will reply two weeks later, but it's all love. It's cool. <laughs> <laughs> I hear that. I hear that. And we got another one here. Remedy music says what do you look for in an artist i'm assuming that's to manage or market but uh, yeah i think you can mm -hmm. tackle it, it please. when i start working with artists what do i look for um i think just passion just wanting to get the work done not expecting anything of, of, of anyone um i feel like there's a lot of artists that i mean i've had so many messages and emails from artists like hey i'm a singer here's my music what can you do for me I'm like, what can I do for you? Mm, I don't know if that's the right question to be asking. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I feel like as long as you're passionate, if you know who you are, if you're willing to take feedback and criticism, whether it's good, whether it's bad, um, yeah, just, just wanting to get the job done. There's, there's, it's not like, there's no, no checklist. It's just wanting to do music, wanting to do well and being a good person. All right, cool. And we've got some questions in the question box. I'll share them on the screen, but I'll read it out to you as well. Um, so yeah. we've got It's Money Bags. Have you have you done in rock rock pop campaigns or only black culture music? Okay, I think he's asking, have you done campaigns in rock or pop or is it only black music you've done market campaigns in? Predominantly urban black campaigns, yeah. Um, I haven't done any campaigns for rock music. Um, if I'm honest, I don't think I'd be the right person to do that because it's not a genre that I've I think I know enough about and I feel like you've got to be an expert in whatever area you're working in. Um, I've worked on a few pop bits, um, 
remember I worked on a YouTuber guy, well, he is from America and he's got like millions of followers online. He's called Alex Iono. Um, and I worked on him at Polydor. He's wicked. Um, and he, I had a really fun time working with him. So yeah, I work on other bits as well. But I think I predominantly take on more of the urban campaigns just because that's my love and my passion. Yeah. Totally you get that one. Which trolling? Tash, who is your favourite colleague of all time? <laughs> my my favourite colleague of all time is somebody called Whitney. <laughs> at Whitney in the City. Um, no, but yeah, so we worked together at Sony um, in RCA since 93 and had so much fun working together. And yeah, and I'm not going to say any more than that, but there's lots <laughs> basically. But yeah, no, well, Whitney. Whitney. The yeah. next question is hers. Tell us a career highlight so far yeah. at a career low point. That's a good one. A career highlight. I think a career highlight for me was, I think it was Steph. We worked on the Steph London campaign and I think that's when I got my first top 10 single. Um, so that was like, I think that was the first time I had anything that was charted properly. And at that time, especially, it was... I mean, urban music wasn't in the charts regularly, so it was still quite a, oh my God, this is the like an amazing moment. And I feel like I've grown up. I remember standing in the kitchen, listening to the countdown of the charts every weekend. Do you know what I mean? Like that's what, yeah. I, that's what my reference is to, I guess, success and stuff in, in music. Um, so yeah, I remember getting that and watching it kind of go up in the charts every week. That was really, really, really exciting. Um, and a low point, I think a low point for me was when I started, I was super enthusiastic and just, I loved it and everything. And I wanted a job and I just talked to everyone. I got loads of work experience and it was amazing. And, but I was earning my money in retail. So that was my bread and butter. That was my life. And I could do this. And it was just my passion. Yeah. I, I found it really hard um, when I, I think I, I was freelancing a few years ago before I was at Universal um so really early on in my career and I just hit a bit of a brick wall a brick wall because suddenly my passion was now what needs to pay me yeah and when you're not getting paid you get stressed because you've got to pay your bills and you want to eat and you want to go out of the girls and do you know what I mean and yeah. it's really weird having your passion turn to that thing that now it's stressing you out because it's confusing because it's the thing that drives you but now it's like the thing that's driving you crazy um, so I think that was a hard point for me to get through, but also it like, taught me a lot. So I appreciated that time looking back. Wicked. And then we've got a question here from Selena. What was it like to transition from working at a major to becoming a freelancer? Okay, real answer or like fake answer? No, uh, real, real, real. We free, we free the realness on this uh podcast and chat and everything. Petrified. Do you know what it is? I've wanted to do it for so long. Like for years. Before Sony, before you know I've wanted to do it for so long and have like my own thing and just be flexible. Um but there's no guarantee with with anything, do you know what I mean? And your brain is is the best and worst part of you because it can tell you amazing things one day and the next day it can completely just like mess you around. Um yeah. So I was scared and I think I've been thinking about it for a long time. Um, people have been saying it to me forever. My mum, my dad, 
one of my best friends, Rachel, um, who's also been a mentor to me in, in this whole thing, has is, is always been saying it to me. Um, and then I did it one day. And oh my God, it was the scariest thing I did in my life. When I gave my notice in, I, was, I walked out and I was like, oh my God, what have I done? And then the countdown is on. And then I think I had, is it two or three months notice period? And I was like, okay, cool. So we gotta make some money guys. We've got, we've got to sort this out because this is real now. Um, two or three so, months ain't bad though, because my notice period was like three weeks. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. But you know what? Like, as soon as I did it, there was this relief. It was like, there was this pressure that had just got released. And I was like, no, this is what I need to do. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. honestly, I know we're in a really weird time and it's almost June in 2020 and we've been on lockdown for 10, 11 weeks now. But honestly, I couldn't be happier right now. I'm so happy that I did what I did at that point. Um, it was definitely the right moment to do it. And I'm having so much fun so far. So still early days, I know. But yeah. no, I'm very happy I did it. Wicked. And then, so the question was just coming in. We've got quite a few here. Selena again, what advice would you give to up-and-coming artists when promoting their music? Oh, um, I would say um, have really good social media presence. Um, I would say focus on all of your platforms. So there's tons of platforms you can use now. I'd say pick one that is your key platform and really, really, really go in on that. Um, scatter some presence across the others so like every now and then post on twitter and facebook and everything else but if instagram's your main platform make sure you're super active i'd say make it really like have a plan for what you're posting so when i look at an artist page i want to know that you're an artist so many arts pages are either full of selfies and nothing music related or the complete opposite they're just full of promotion for their singles but nothing else apart from that like i want to know you as an artist so I always kind of say to artists, okay, you've got your music over here and that's like the main pillar that you're posting about. So then you need like three or four other pillars around that as well. So what else are we telling people? What else do you want to talk about? Do you want to talk about a hobby of yours, a hidden talent? Um, are you really into politics? Are you really, are you a great footballer? Are you a great cook? Have you got a family that you want to talk about? I feel like building your brand online and building your persona is really important for people to sell into and... I think interacting and engaging with the people that are on your page is really important. Wicked. Well answered, Tasha. You're on a row here, you know. Mm. Um, <laughs> let's get freedom. Music Fans 2020 says, what would be five steps an unknown artist should take when starting out? Five steps, wow. He's looking for the detailed plan. That's gonna you know that's gonna cost you now. That's the the same. <laughs> <laughs> um five steps. Okay. So are we going from like do you wanna go for like a completely brand new artist as in you're just setting up or what? I think I think a complete brand new artist, but yeah, don't go into too much detail here because it's five is a lot. <laughs> okay. I don't know if I'm gonna do five, but we're gonna try it. Okay, so number one, um get your names on your social media platform. So make sure you have the same name on every single platform. Even if you're not going to use them right now, make sure you get it. So go and get Tasha Jim on everything. Go and get Lloyd on everything. Um, it just makes it so much easier for fans to find you. And also try and pick a name that is memorable, that people know how to spell, and that when you Google, there's not a hundred other things that come up. Because if you're if I now call myself Tasha, and that's my artist name, if you Google Tasha, you're not going to find me straight away. You're going to have to kind of 
go through everything else and people are lazy they're not going to want to do that um number two make good music um i feel like quality over quantity just make like really 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 perfect your craft don't rush to get anything out like you've only got one debut basically once you're out you're out so i'd rather like you come out six months later and have everything perfect then kind of just be rushing and flinging out bits that are unfinished um i'd say number three create a plan so you can be proactive so get your first four singles together for example or your first three singles or your first three videos so you know that okay you're going to release one once a month or every six weeks or whatever your plan is um nice. or if you've got them ready you can then release them sooner or later depending on how your other ones are going um Number four, I think expand on that plan a little bit and try and build a bit of a story. So when you're sending it to people, they know they're kind of buying into something. There's so many artists now that kind of just fling out a track here and there and that's it. So I think when it comes to DJs and radio hosts and journalists and labels, A&Rs, they really like to buy into artists that they know there's a package, a journey, that there's a story, that this is a long-term thing. It's not just something that's going to get flung out overnight and forgotten about in six months um perfect your craft on social media and i'd say educate yourself there's loads of books out there really really teach yourself about the music business um there's so many amazing books that are actually really interesting to read or find a mentor that can teach you but i think it's really really good to just get to know the basics on on everything from like the legal side what it means to sign a record deal what types of deals are out there do you even want to get signed? There's distribution deals, full deals. You can be independent. You might want a manager or you might not. Do you know what I mean? Like, just do your research, educate yourself. And, yeah, I think that's five. That is five, right. Let's keep it moving. Congrats on starting your own endeavor. <coughs> when you decided, well, when did you decide it was the right time to leave Sony? Um, I think for me, because I've been thinking about it for a little while, um, the time that I decided to leave, it was actually at the end of the H2O campaign. Because I think for me, like for most market managers anyway, like I take it really, really personally and I take my kind of my relationships with the artists really seriously. Um, yeah. I don't just start a campaign and then be like, all right, sorry, see you later guys tomorrow. Like I want to be part of the family and that we're in this together. Do you know what I mean? Um, and around the time that the H campaign was finishing, I didn't have much else going on at that time. So I felt like before I get into any other campaigns in a big way, I feel like it's a good time to leave. Um, and also it happened to be towards the end of the year um, and I really wanted to start like 2020 fresh. I know that's a bit cliche, but I wanted to just start like new year, new mind space, like just my head in a different place and new journey. Yeah, new Tasha, who's this? New number. I hear that for you, I feel you. Um, <laughs> So there's a question in the comments, actually, I'm going to go back to you. Mm -hmm. uh, do you expect him, so do you think a new artist can still jumpstart their career and gain exposure with things like blogs and vlogs or what other type of mediums would you suggest? Uh, yes, I think you can. Um... Oh, internet. I think Tasha's internet's gone down. Are you there, Tash? 
I'm here. Did it uh-huh. go? It just freezed. Like, it just freezed for a minute. It was like, pause. It was like, oh, no. I'm gonna... <laughs> um, what was the question? <laughs> Wait, we read it to you again. Um, it said, do you think a new artist can still jumpstart their career or gain exposure with things like blogs and vlogs or, or what other type of mediums would you suggest? Um, I, yeah, so I think you, your career is basically in your own hands more than ever now. There's so many platforms. I think the thrillers and TikToks of the world, um, Instagram, YouTube, I think just basically be as creative as you can online. Um, I think blogs and stuff are also really good for awareness, absolutely. Um, if you can get DJs to play your song, again, absolutely. I think every little helps, basically. Um, but I think that, I think if you're getting posts on blogs, but there's not much else going on, as in there's nothing on social media and you're not released a lot and you're not very active yourself, I don't think they'll work. Um, so I think everything will work better the more active you are yourself. Amazing. So Rich Costello has got one here. What advice would you give to young people trying to get into the business? Hmm. Um... I think educate yourself again. I think do a bit of research into the industry, what types of roles there are. Um, don't be afraid to reach out to people and ask to go for coffee or ask for advice or ask if they need anyone for work experience or because, I mean, most people might not reply, but every now and then someone will say and I think it's really useful to get like first-hand information from people. Um, and go for internships, go for work experience. Don't like don't be precious about having to work for free for a little bit um, and build your network. I feel like your network is so strong. Like Rich is a good example. I've known Rich for years. I've known Rich since I was, I was a journalist back in the day and he was looking after end ups and yet we're still working together today. Um, and we've worked together in, in so many different ways over the years. Um, so yeah, I think definitely network definitely make good connections be a nice person make like just make yourself someone that people want to be around and people want to work with as well brilliant and then we've got another one here where we trying to do them in time order right we've got lone ranger 909 would you be open to managing up-and-coming artists yeah i think i'm not precious on if you're a superstar or not I just think uh, you have, I think this goes for every manager. You have to just really believe in the artist. Um, managing isn't something that I'm not going to try and take on 10 artists to manage because it's a full-time job, each one of them. Um, and obviously I'm doing all my marketing bits as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, whether you're a fully established artist or up and coming, if your music's good and there's a good plan and, and there's potential, then there's always a possibility. Perfect. And then we've got another one here. How do you balance your work life? Oh, sorry, this is from Essence. Okay. How do you balance your work life and personal life, especially now you're working with such a wide range of artists, etc.? Um, I think I've learned over the years that you're allowed to put your phone down um, and you're allowed to switch off in the evening. I think especially in quarantine, um, weekends especially maybe not the evenings because I quite like working in the evenings but weekends especially I try to just switch off like we are not working the weekends in in this whole lockdown period because we're working living eating breathing sleeping in the same space it kind of 
got quite intense at the beginning um, because I was working, I found myself working 24 seven because you don't know what day it is. Um, and I feel like it, that goes for real life as well when we're free. Just, you have to have discipline with yourself. You have to make time for your friends. You have to make time for your family. Um, because I've done it to myself too many times. You end up kind of driving yourself into the ground and then I'm no use to anybody. Do you know what I mean? The campaigns aren't going to work. I'm not going to work properly. I'm not going to be a nice person to be around because I'll probably be a bit sleepy or a bit emotional because that's how I get when I'm tired. So yeah, just being disciplined, being strict with yourself and switching off. I get that one. Um, got another one here from Rich Costello. What's the common thread you see in successful artist campaigns? Is hmm. there a formula? Hmm, I wouldn't say there's a formula. I'd just say that the most... I think the more vocal an artist is, the better the campaign is. And when I mean when I say vocal, I mean the more into it they the more they want to get involved in the conversations and want to come to the meetings and want to have the input and come with creative ideas and you work with some artists that maybe leave their manager to do everything or really hate talking on the phone or never turn up to meetings and it's really hard because I feel like with my job I never want to create a campaign for an artist that, that doesn't fit them. What my job is to amp is to amplify you. I need to amplify everything you're about and everything you're doing. I can't make an artist something just because that's what I want. And that's not that's how I'll never like that is a way that I'll never work. Um so when an artist is vocal and they come to you with ideas and, and they wanna talk about things and plan things with you and get involved properly, I think that's when you find things just naturally pick up and you have a better relationship with them. They end up trusting you more, they end up reaching out to you just on a friend one almost because you're part of the team now. Do you know what I mean? I'm not meant to be the, a scary person who's just in the business side of things. And I want <laughs> someone to look at me and be like, no, she gets it. Like, I trust her. Like, what's her opinion? What did you think of this artwork? Or how would she do things differently? Um, yeah. So like, if you can build up the, that rapport and they allow you to do that, I think that's really special. Agreed. We've got one here from this is ATL. <laughs> Where do you see yourself in five years' time, more in marketing or management or other ambitions? Ooh. I don't know. I mean, I think in five years' time, I would like to say that I have my own empire, maybe. <laughs> yeah. It can be achieved, put it out into yeah, the air, speak into existence. I feel like, yeah, I feel like I'd love to have my own business. Um, and be able to kind of work with all my friends and that we'd all just be working together. And do you know what's really exciting? I feel like because say, for example, now I'm 10 years deep into this and everyone I've kind of come up with along the way, I feel like we're all in really, really exciting positions at the moment. And it's so exciting to see the industry thriving like that. And like I referenced Jackie again, because we knew each other from live back in the day. And now she's taken over the world with Storms and everything else she's doing. Ah, Jackie. And, do you know what I mean? And it's really nice. So I'm like, okay, cool. So give us a few more years and we'll be running our own businesses and our own labels and our own management companies. Um, and just, and we'll, we'll be doing it together on our own terms and just having more success. I love that. Um, music fan 2020. Oh, my best friend is there, Christina. <laughs> <laughs> nah, best friend. Um, <laughs> music fans 2020 goes five marketing ideas and how to execute them. Wow, he's he's really going into that. Shout out music. 
I mean, I'm not going to lie. There's, there's, it's not like a one-size-fits-all marketing ideas. I think the one thing I can say is that I find really helpful is look at all the platforms you're on and find out different ways to use them. So, for example, the way you're using Instagram should be different to the way you're using Twitter, should be different to the way you're using YouTube. Look through and study each platform because there's different tips and tricks and different, I guess, features in all of them that you can use your campaign. Um, and it means you can build different audiences on each platform and you can have different creatives and assets. And it's just a fun way to get more creative. Um, so that's like a simple one. But I guess anything more detailed than that is quite like campaign and artist specific. Yeah, I get that. I get that. Okay, let's keep it moving. Uh, Link One Management says, what do you look for in a artist? Um, I think we had one at the cellar, isn't it? Just yeah. good music, determination, um, being a nice person to work with, um, and someone who wants to learn, wants to grow, um, and wants to have fun. Simple, keeping it simple. Right. How do you, so mm -hmm. Femi says, how do you deal with presenting your vision to difficult artists? Okay, good question. I like that. I don't know how I'm going to answer it, but I like the question. Um, <laughs> Difficult just... artists. That's like, that's a that's an interesting one because how do you judge a difficult artist? <laughs> you know what? I think, so I'll take it like this. I'll take it as some artists, I guess how I was saying before, some artists are more, um, I guess, present in campaigns and meetings and, and than others. I think some artists, know what they want more than others um, some artists tend to shut down a lot of creative, creative ideas more than others or are quite fussy and this is their brand they have every right to be like a perfectionist do you know what I mean um, I'd be the same thing um, so I think you just have to just ease it you have to just really 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 study and like when I study artists I look way 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 back to the beginning and I want to know every detail about them and if I can't find that like I'll I've always got a friend or someone who knows about it and so I can ask them questions just so I can really understand them. I think once the artist knows that you understand them or at least you're trying to understand them, they're more willing to kind of let you and listen to you. I think when artists think, I guess it's like when journalists interview celebrities and they ask them questions again and again and the artists feel like you're not even trying to get to know me or trying to do anything different. I think when people see that you're trying to make something special and you're making an effort, they generally do tend to let you in a little bit more. Just sometimes takes a little bit of time, but it's all about trust. Right. So what we're going to do now, Tasha, is mm -hmm. there's 11 questions left. I'm keen for everyone to get their questions answered, but I'm aware that we've got a minute till this locks off. <laughs> so a minute? We've wow. got a minute. Time flies when you're having fun. Trust me, yeah. it flies. Okay. So if you're okay to come back on, let's log off quickly. We'll come back. We'll get the last 11 questions answered. Cool. I'm sure Tasha wants to enjoy the rest of her night. Mm -hmm. But we don't want to let anyone down. So everybody, there's 34 people on. Come back. We're going to log off real quick now and start again and instantly okay. be back. All right. See you in a sec. Bye.